The sun had long set. When the road ended, Barnes shut down his pickup and snagged the paper sack of groceries from the passenger seat by its thin handles. He followed the deer trail the rest of the way to the cabin overlooking the shorter peaks of the range. Barnes still wore his khaki collar, his moss-colored cap. He hadn't the time to change since he left the office. Up the hill, the familiar beeping came from the log structure, joined by the subdued whir of the ventilator as he opened the door. Moonlight crept in as he did. Jesus, he said, fumbling around the wall for the switch. What are you doing in the dark? He flipped it, revealing his father, gray, fat, bearded, against the far wall, hooked to the machine. I forgot to turn it on this morning. His father, with tubing down his throat and through his nostril, didn't respond. The machine hissed, white noise against the heart monitor's continuing beat. Barnes hunched in front of the old man and removed the catheter bag. He emptied it off the front porch and fastened a new one onto his father's leg. When he stood, he opened one of the machine's compartments and grabbed the suction tube which he eased down the man's throat. He moved it carefully until it stopped slurping up material. Lung secretion, the nurses called it. Barnes called it crap. He plopped the carrots and the spinach onto the counter, fetched a cutting board, and began slicing. He stuffed the mix into the food processor along with some fried venison he had put out to thaw that morning. The machine worked the food to a thick puree. He crushed a handful of pills with the handle of the knife and sprinkled them into the concoction before loading it into the feeding tube and watching it work its way through his father's nostril. He sat down at the kitchen table looking at the man. Well, he said, did you see anything cool today? His father nodded his head at the window, his long chin hair meeting that on his neck. Sunset was nice, came the automated voice. He had typed the words into the keyboard on his lap. Barnes looked at his watch. It had been a long day. What else? He asked. His father nodded to the tablet mounted in front of him. I've been running numbers. On? The new draw, said the voice generator. I had the final meeting with the wildlife department today, said Barnes, pulling on the edge of his thick mustache. I had access to the numbers the minute they were finalized, said the generator. Miracles, these things are, huh? His father squinted at the screen in front. I've been looking at the population reports. These tags aren't enough. The big game animals are wildly imbalanced. Okay, said Barnes, now scratching his face. Where do you see the problem? Public comment ended weeks ago. We have to give out that many tags to maintain the population. There are too many large predators, said the generator. You need to open the season up. Barnes chuckled. It wasn't the first time his father had criticized his work. Times have changed since you were in the field, Dad. It's not the 1920s anymore. We aren't waging a war on predators. You should hear what people say about the lack of wolves and grizzlies alone. I know what they say, said the generator. The man remained focused on the screen. But there are much worse predators than wolves or grizzly bears. Mountain lions? Black bears? This is exactly what I'm talking about, Barnes said, feeling the blood press through his veins. He dealt with nonsense comments at every meeting he went to. No matter what decision a biologist recommends, a hunter and an activist are never both pleased. His father, at one point, dealt with this too. He should know better. What they did generations ago, it's a gross misunderstanding. He sighed and wondered if he should put energy into explaining this. Hunters don't directly compete with those predators. 
A wolf is most likely to attack a young deer or an old one. They aren't going to get the biggest producer of the herd like a hunter would. Also, the lions and bears can prey in protected ground where hunters can't go. They also hunt year-round. It's a totally different lane. There's no sense in eradicating predators. You have a needlepoint focus. You need to look at the bigger picture. There are... Take out the alphas and the mesopredators, the coyotes and bobcats plume. It's not as simple as removing a single obstacle. Barnes's voice amplified. We are running out of time. Came the generator at a fixed volume. Look at the bigger picture. Look at the research! Elk and deer have been in this area for thousands of years. During the Pleistocene, there were far more large predators. Ungulates were hunted by giant lions and cheetahs, right here, now extinct. But the deer, elk, moose are all still here. Large predators in rich nature. They don't eradicate their prey. If they did, they'd have no food. It's as simple as that. I promise you there are far more predators now than during the Pleistocene. What are you talking about? Barnes asked. His father rotated his tablet, displaying a large food web. He zoomed into the top on the outline of man. Barnes smiled at the sight. It's not something to take lightly, said the generator. The department's job is to conserve species. My job is to promote the greatest level of biodiversity possible. On this landscape, there is a big game animal that far outnumbers the others put together. The old man's fingers drummed, his last appendages to work so quick, or work at all. This animal has no regard for habitat, building giant structures which slaughter regional populations whole. This animal does not rely on grass or berries, but by preying on most all other animals. This is an alpha predator like none before, one with the category to drive anything in a remotely similar lane swiftly to extinction. While this animal exists, how can we use the term biodiversity at all? Barnes tried to force a chuckle. He cleared his throat. We need to get you out of this cabin, huh? Maybe next time I go to town I can load you in the truck with me? Replace the word man with any other predator. Go ahead. Okay, said Barnes. Grizzly bear. Sure, said the generator. Let's imagine the grizzlies destroyed as much acreage. Let's imagine there were 7.5 million grizzlies in Washington with 63 annual births per 1,000 sows. With these numbers, the success rate for filling tags would be nearly 100%. How many would you distribute? None, Barnes said. Excuse me? The department wouldn't distribute any tags, said Barnes. It'd be open season, without limitation. The old man nodded. That's exactly what happened too. That's why you don't see grizzlies on these mountains anymore. And their threat to this land and the other animals was a small drop to the tsunami man has become. Barnes hunched back on the chair. He had thrown his father too many bones already to not entertain the idea. Hunting your own isn't hunting though, is it? He asked. The machine breathed. What is it that separates man from the others? Asked the generator. How is it that they have positioned themselves on top of the cascades, as God, controlling the population of every other species in existence? Our brains, said Barnes. The man nodded again. If it is knowledge that has elevated us here, it is this knowledge that will separate us further. You're... talking about murder, Barnes said. Not... if it is not our kind at all. Barnes pinched the bridge of his nose with two fingers. 
He stood up and shut down his father's voice generator while the old man continued to type. His father stopped the aggressive pressing, irritated. Barnes turned the tablet dark. Good night, old man, he said. I'll see you in the morning. His father couldn't respond any more than the hiss of oxygen. Barnes lingered in the doorway for a moment, heart heavy but not quite sure why. Wishing he could do something for his father, but not quite sure what. He tried to remember the last time he heard his father's real voice. He tried to remember when he wasn't attached to this machine, when they could traverse the landscape together. Perhaps the old man was right. Perhaps he wasn't his old self at all. The door creaked shut, and he made his way down the hill. The loud breath faded to nothing. At the base of the trail, all that remained was beeping.